Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Praise the Lord. All right, you may be seated a little bit. Just want to mention to you to be praying for uh, all of our orphans as prayer creates miracles. And those children need identity miracles. And it's very important to have people by the thousands praying for them. So when you uh, are sponsoring one of the children and you get the card with their picture, we ask you to be faithful to that. One minute is all we ask for a day. Now, if some of you want to just pour over that, just pour over and weep for hours and pour, <laughs> that'd be great. But if you can do one minute a day, faithfully, every day, and we have thousands of people doing that, then we're going to see the miracles. Orphans belong to all of us. They are not the property of just individual missionaries. I don't believe any Christians should stand before God on Judgment Day and not at least have one orphan whose name they knew that they took care of. And hopefully more, but at least one. You should at least have one. And it doesn't have to be ours. It can be anybody's, but you should have at least one orphan whose name you know that you are helping make their dreams come true. Praise the Lord. So we got a bunch of product in tonight and also more kids' cards. So I'm going to ask the ushers to get those cards. If you don't have an orphan that you're praying for and helping in any way, um, we have a bunch of kids that need you know, help and prayer and support. I really believe in the power of supernatural prayer. Prayer really does create miracles. And people who love kids and pray in love create an atmosphere around those children that the devil cannot penetrate. They don't know what's protecting them. They just know they're protected. And that's the prayers of the saints. So I normally ask people to do a dollar a day. That's $30 a month. Now, what... For example, our feeding of children is $1 a meal, and so every child eats 90 meals a month. And it costs more than that, but I just make it simple. And then there's many, many, many other things that they do and we do. But, you know, I figured $30 a day is something everybody can afford. It will bless the church. Anybody who takes care of orphans, as the Bible says, will never lack. And I never lack. I never will lack. And it's a connection to blessing. It really is connection to blessing. I'm honored that I get to ask for money for orphans. At first, it wasn't like that. It was difficult for me. I said, God, give me a billionaire, just one. That way I just have one person to talk to, and they can write all the checks, and I can do what you tell me. And the Lord said, but you'll rob thousands of people of their destiny who can never go and never do. But you will share in any great things that happen to any orphan that you are 
uh, helping. You really will. You'll have rewards for that. And um, people don't realize the treasure there is in orphans. Only 1% of people in the body of Christ know the name of an orphan that they take care of. It's really sad. And I couldn't actually find a statistic for Christians taking care of widows. So, pure religion in the sight of man and God is to take care of orphans and widows and keep yourself unspotted from the world. Praise the Lord. If you want to be happy, and God told me this at the very beginning, right after I got married, he said, if you take care of other people's children, then I will always take care of yours. Praise the Lord. So hug somebody and say, I'm going to do it. I also want to say thank you for those of you that already are, are, are doing that and are faithful to do that. But I also want to mention to any of you that have signed up in the past and then have let your cards run out and have not answered our phone calls. <laughs> you might want to re-sign up. Um, but the ushers have those cards. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. The cards are not for like you to look at and then take home and then throw away. They're actually like for you to say, okay, I want to do something and fill out that, that card on both sides and then keep the part with the picture and try to do that before you leave, like give them to me before you leave. And, uh, and then I'll tell you some other things. So real quick, we have letters from God. Everyone should own a copy of letters from God because of the, of the content of edification and encouragement in the book. How many of you already own a copy? And how many of you find it to be a blessing in your life? If you read the book, it will change your life. And, uh, and so if you don't have a copy, um, go in the back afterwards and read your birthday because these are letters from God, one for every day of the, of the year, to keep you encouraged and built up. And then, um, you know, it will really build up and minister to your family. It's changing people's lives. If you are a mother or a father or parents and have children, this is Letters from God for Children. It is created for the purpose of bonding the parents back to the children so that the children and the parents become reconnected because even though it was easy to have your children other than the wife delivering the child but all the other stuff um, but training a child that's not that's not that easy training a child to weaponize them to live in this world unspotted where they cannot be conquered or seduced or defiled or manipulated or, or uh, in any way deceived. So 52 letters, you read one letter per week to your child. Every day you read that letter from God to them, about them, and it's about a character trait, like let's say destiny. So there's a letter from God about destiny, and you read it to your child. Then there's a, a scripture for the week that you memorize with your child. And then every day of the week, there's one question that you as a parent find the answers to and then minister that to your children. And then 
you practice 52 character traits every year, and at the end of the year, you as a parent will be transformed, not to mention your children. Because it'll be, you'll, and when you die, you'll at least know 52 Bible verses. Because the book lasts for 12 to 15 years, depending on the age of your children. And you do it every day. It only has to be five minutes or so. Um, a lady bought this book and did the, the, the one on forgiveness. And she said they, her family stayed on it for six weeks on just forgiveness. It's like the spirit of forgiveness entered their home and began to heal their family completely. And people walk up to me and, and tell me in tears, my entire family has been transformed since we started doing the book. My rebellious teenagers are loving Jesus again. Kids really do want to walk with God. They just don't want to walk with God if it's ugly. Praise the Lord. So try not to be a mean parent. You know what I'm saying? I mean... Like, don't yell at your children or hit them, stuff like that. Just a suggestion. And then we also got today uh, Letters from God journal. So this goes with Letters from God. It's the exact thing page for page, but it's a journal that you can write in what God tells you about that. For those of you that are into, into that, uh, and it's really important. Praise the Lord. Are you ready? All right, let's go to Luke chapter 24, and I want to talk to you today. Um, this is our, our last part for, for this, but I, I do want to mention, and something I always forget, this series that I'm talking to you about in three parts is going to be online in two weeks. It's going to be online and you can get that if you go onto the app store on your, on your telephone. You have an app, app place there. You go to the app store and put in Ivan, A-V-A-N, I-V-A-N, and then Tate, T-A-I-T. And if you put that in there, then you download the app. Our, my personal app will come up. And then you download it, and that, there will be the 20-part series on there. 20-part series on this. So I go into so much more detail in so many ways that you will master your Bible. That's the idea. Uh, on there, for example, I have the 12 ways to study the Bible and get gold out of it that God has shown me. And then many, many, many other things. And it's for it's $1.99 per message. I'm trying to make it very available for people. $1.99, and you can get that. <clears throat> the same way on how to become a healer, that's going up this week. That's 15 messages, and all the details about that, also $1.99. So <clears throat> I don't know that you can find deals like that anywhere, but if you uh, believe what I'm going to tell you tonight, then you'll, you'll get into it. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Luke 24. And uh, let's begin reading in verse 32. Then beginning with Moses and throughout all the prophets, he went on explaining and interpreting to them in all the scriptures the things concerning and referring to himself. Then they drew near to the village 
which they were going, and he acted as if he would go away or keep on going. But they stopped him and insisted, saying to him, Remain with us, abide with us, for it is already evening, and the day is now spent. So he went in to stay with them, and it occurred that as he was reclining at table with them, he took a loaf of bread and praised God and gave thanks and asked a blessing, and then broke it and was giving it to them when their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Praise the Lord. Put your hand on your heart and say, open my eyes so that I can recognize you, Jesus. And then look what it says. Were not our hearts burning within us while he was explaining and talking with us on the road to Emmaus. Praise the Lord. How many of you have this experience where you read the Bible and it's like reading fire? <clears throat> and it literally, it, your heart is literally burning and on fire. This is the normal experience that someone has when they have a relationship with their Bible. And I've already said a lot of things in the last two uh, services. But tonight what I want to do is show you how to have a relationship with your Bible. Praise the Lord. And I've told you all the reasons and all that. And you have to get that on your own. Without a relationship with the Bible in your life, you will be a deformed Christian. You will be a deceived Christian. You will be misled misinformed, your conclusions about God and the Bible will be incorrect. So your experiences on planet earth will not be good ones. The Bible, the word of God is the only way to find God. We find God through his word. You don't just go out on a tree or somewhere else. You'll find God the easiest way you can meet God anywhere, but to find God where he is dissected for you by the Holy Spirit is in his word. God, the Holy Spirit will dissect God in pieces for you so that you can understand every aspect of God. But if your Bible is locked and dead, then that will not happen. So you have to start a relationship with the Bible. First thing to do is automatically give respect to the Bible. The Bible is not an ordinary book. It is the divine word of God, inspired by God and written by God by over 40 different people through 1,500 years who all agreed on everything and never knew each other and were from every background and life. In this book, in the Word of God, are all the secrets to your true destiny. You're not going to find that with reading any other book. You're not going to find your destiny. Your happiness cannot be found in any other book. Your wholeness and completion cannot be found in any other book. 
The face of God cannot be found in any other book. You can have encounters. But with the Holy Spirit illuminating the Word of God, then you begin to have something happen to you that is very supernatural and very divine. Satan's fingerprints begin to disappear from your life. Tell that to somebody next to you. Say, Satan's fingerprints are being removed from your life. And you know what those fingerprints are. So, the first thing you want to do to begin a relationship is to show respect. Just like you would with a person. There are no divine relationships that exclude respect. So treat your Bible with respect. Realize that God is inside those words and inside those pages. Don't throw your Bible on the ground. Don't step on your Bible. Don't throw your Bible in the trash can. Don't, uh, you know, just treat your Bible with disrespect in front of your children. If you have an heirloom and somebody hurts your heirloom, you go crazy. But this is the living word of God. This is the, the word that has information that can get you out of hell and into heaven. That can get heaven into you. It's in here. So give it respect. Let your children see that you give it respect. Say, that's the word of God, and we're going to read the word of God. And read the word of God with your children every day. Second, get a translation that matches your brain. Don't read a translation. You don't understand half of the language. Go and look through all the translations and then say, this one is the one that I really get when I read it. And that's the translation that matches your soul and spirit. That's the second thing to do. Praise the Lord. Very important. Three, you want to pray before you read your Bible. You want to pray. Literally get on your knees, and I suggest for the first year that you read your Bible every day for a while on your knees. Literally kneel down and open your Bible. Do it privately when you're alone. Get on your knees and say, God, open this word and show me wonderful things out of it that are going to answer my questions, solve my problems, and equip me to help people. This is your prayer. Say, God, open this Bible. Unlock this Bible. Reveal the secrets of this Bible. Show me, God, what you want me to do with my life. Lead me as I read this book. Tell me where to go, God. Tell me what to read. Praise the Lord. Pray over your Bible and, and ask God to just connect you. For ask the Holy Spirit to create a bond between you and your Bible. How many of you have ever had a dog? Praise the Lord. Did you love your dog? I mean, dogs are amazing. Dogs are amazing. And uh, I just lost one of my dogs like two months ago. I had the dog, my dog. Uh, mocha for 13 years 
And Mocha is one of those dogs that is so sweet and so loving that even if you abuse her, she just comes back and lays on your lap and licks your hand and, and does all that and always loving and sweet and looks at you. And the older she got, the sweeter she got. And so I came home one day and I couldn't find her anywhere. We have about five acres and I couldn't find her. And I, I, I started going crazy because the first thought I had was, oh, no, I didn't tell her I loved her enough. That was my first thought. Oh, please, God, don't let her be dead. I just didn't tell her enough. Oh, oh. <laughs> anyway. So, and I found her and she was alive and I hugged her and hugged her and kissed her and kissed her and hugged her and hugged her. Kids and kids and hugged her every day. Whenever I come home, because she's so old, she wasn't walking well, and and I, I just loved her so much, and she was so sweet, and she added so much love to our family, and she was close to everybody, and we had like 24 people, and she, all of them loved her, and uh, and then and then we knew we we're gonna have to, you know, we we're gonna have to get rid of her. I mean, just put her down, and so I said, I I can't do it. I I can't do it. I, I can't put her down. So my wife said, oh, I, I can't do it. I can't put her down. Everybody, one of our daughters said, I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, and I don't know. It was just horrible, you know, just weeping and gnashing and everything. But the reason for that is called bonding. Bonding is the ability to feel somebody else's pain. When you lose that as a human... You're now becoming like Satan. You're now becoming like the devil. You're able to hurt people and it not bother you. You're able to kill things and it not bother you. You're able to imagine killing people and it not bother you. You're able to imagine hurting people and it not bother you. The Bible will not let you become that. The Bible will not let you cuss people out, throw the finger at them, or tell them to go to hell. The Bible will not let you do that. It will clean your mouth and clean your brain and clean your heart and clean your soul and clean your spirit. The Bible will make you very friendly. And the Bible says if you want to have a lot of friends, be friendly. And the Bible will make you friendly so you're never friendless. If you try to be a Christian without the Bible, you will be a strange mutant. You will be a strange creature. Without superpowers, you will have super flaws. We really need a relationship. So you need to ask God, bond me with your word. Tie me to your word. Connect my mind to your word. Connect my emotions to your word. Connect my, my um, heart to your word. Let me be close to your word, God. Let me feel your word. Like I love my family, let me love your word. Like I love my dogs, let me... Love your word. Because you know how much you love your dogs. If you're drowning, who's going to come and jump in to get you? Your dog. Amen. Amen. 
Isn't that true? If you have a dog and you say, come here, they'll jump in. They'll come after you. Now, cats don't do that. Cats won't do that. Cats are magnificent hunters, magnificent creatures. And, of course, they give you a lot of comfort because they rub your leg and come on you. And they let you clean them. And they let you feed them. And they let you, you know, rub them and, 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 and groom them. And they let you do, they let you worship them. Cats allow you to worship them. They're amazing. And sometimes you need that because you need to give care and nurture. And cats are perfect for that because they allow you to give that care to a, to a, a creature that, that acts like, this is why I was born. I, I, I was born for this family. Carry me now. Carry me. Carry me. Wipe, wipe my, my, my leg right there. Right there. Go. And that, that ministers to some people because they're caregivers. They want to... They want to care for someone. But the cat's not going to jump in the water to save your life. He's not going to attack an invader, intruder into your family. That cat's out of the house. If somebody breaks in the house, they're out of the house. You, you might as well just, it's over. But if you have a dog in the house, if you have a dog in the house, any way trained, not even has to be trained, just has to love you, they will instantly get up and start attacking whoever it is. Bonding, bonding. You have to ask God to give you bonding with his word or you're never going to read it. And understand that the devil's goal is to steal the Bible from you. Praise the Lord. Now on the app, all these things that I'm giving you in little bits and pieces are extended. Entire, entire messages are dedicated to each one. So that you understand how to do it. Praise the Lord. You have to bond with the word of God. It has to become precious. It has to become greater than all your heirlooms. More important than your grandmother's, great-grandmother, great-grandmother's dress or jewelry. Or the, your great-grandfather's shotgun. It has to be more important than those things. Or else you will not survive this life without great damage. You will be damaged. The Bible protects you from the onslaught of Satan and all his diseases. Your children will never serve the devil if you teach them how to have a relationship with the Bible. But if you don't have one, and go, take them to church, and you never read the Bible at home, and they never see you reading the Bible, studying the Bible, then they're going to do exactly what you do, and they are going to suffer for your laziness. And to, please don't get offended at me. I love you. Don't get offended at me. But some of you are lazy. You're lazy husbands. You're very lazy husbands. Your wife tells you this regularly. You're a lazy bum. 
She's not inventing it. She doesn't hate you. She's just observing activity and reporting on the facts. If you get two lazy people that are spiritually lazy, then you hardly go to church. You don't do anything in the church. You just visit. You never bring a Bible to church. There's no Bible at the house. There's no Bible open at the house where you get together as a family and read it. Not that you don't love God. Not that you're not saved. But you don't have a relationship. Christianity does not work without the Bible. It doesn't work without a relationship to the Bible. That's why 1,500 preachers a month quit the ministry. Because they don't have a relationship with their Bible. They simply read their Bible to get sermons. This is not going to make it. In one of the highest stressful jobs there is, which is pastoring, because pastors deal with crazy people. And they're, they're, they're looked upon as almost mini saviors that are supposed to like give all the answers and have all the cures and have no imperfections. So smart preachers talk about all their problems at, at the very, always, because they don't want the people to think I'm perfect because then people will leave them alone. I, he has issues too. Let's just leave him alone. My God, he has worse problems than I do. I mean, he's very transparent and vulnerable and everything. I love that, but man, I didn't know he had those kind of problems. He's like, my God, I have nothing compared to him. So, so let's look up right now. Look up, look up to heaven and say, dear God, I repent for not reading my Bible and spending time loving your word. Who will repent now? Right now. Who will just say, I repent. I'm going to start having a relationship with my Bible. Stand up if you're going to repent. Stand up right now. And let the whole world see, I'm repenting. I'm going to get me a Bible. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to learn how to do it. And I'm going to walk in the Holy Ghost. And it's going to change my family. I'm going to start reading my Bible with my children. My children will not grow up with a father that does not read the Word of God to them and does not share the Word of God. I'm not going to be the kind of woman that, that doesn't have strength in her life because she doesn't have a relationship with her Bible. Because in your Bible is your strength. All right, you have repented. God has received it. Amen. Amen. Let's keep going. So, having a relationship with your Bible. The next thing, and this is found in Psalm 1, verse 2 and 3, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season, his leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So the next way you have a relationship with your Bible is by memorizing the Bible. If you study Jesus, Paul, Peter, and all of them, they all had the Bible memorized. So remember, great Christians ask hard questions. 
If you don't know the purposes for the Bible, then you're not going to have a relationship with it. If you don't know the reasons, because remember this, this statement, when you know the purpose for something, you can endure the process that leads you to the destination. If you are uh, trying to win a race, then you have to go through a process. So if you know the purpose of winning the race, then you can endure the process of getting up early in the morning and running 10 miles, 12 miles, 11 miles, 15 miles, whatever. And it, but if you don't know the purpose, then you have no reason to get up. You're just going to stay and eat lasagna in bed. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but if you know the purpose, if you know the purpose, then you can endure the process and reach the destination. It's the same way with marriage. If you know the purpose of your marriage, you can endure the process of being married to an opposite person that drives you crazy periodically. They have an anointing to bring insanity out of you. And you can remove it. So on the, on the app, when you get this, I have a whole, a whole entire uh, CD dedicated to the secrets of memorizing God's word. And remember that all of you have been assigned 300 to 700 prophetic verses that are yours to memorize. And you can only find those if you read the entire Bible, beginning in Genesis, one page at a time, all the way to Revelation, marking the things that jump out at you. Those are your prophetic verses. Then you have to memorize them. And there's many ways to do that. I'm not going to spend time on that. But you need to get the Word of God in your brain. Because remember, God partners with His Word inside you. He doesn't partner with your Word. He partners with His Word. God is the Word of God. Jesus is the Word of God. So God partners with Himself to get you the blessing. Because he knows the only person he can trust in the entire universe is himself. If you don't have the word of God in you, there's nothing God can do for you. Other than the cry and, and, and the prayer of repentance, there's nothing else in you that God can do. And of course, there's always exceptions to everything because God can do anything. But the general rule, you cannot live your life hoping for an exception. You have to live your life based on a revealed truth from the Word of God that you can plant both feet on and know what's going to happen. Praise the Lord. Give somebody a high five and say, Hala, hala. Hug that person and say these words. Say these words. I will take half of whatever you have in your wallet. I'll split it right now. Half of whatever you have in your wallet. If, if you... That, that was very popular. If, if you don't memorize the Bible, Satan will fill your mind with lies. You must over 
Fill your mind with God's word. Overfill it. Let me give you just a few things on this. One, the best way to memorize the Bible is not randomly without order, structure, or strategy. The best way is find out what the worst problem is in your life. Let's say the worst problem you have is fear. You find all the scriptures in the Bible, let's say 30, and there's more than that. There's over 366 scriptures in the Bible about not being afraid. One for every day of the week, including leap year. But you don't need to learn 366. But if you learn 30, the top 30 you read, you say, wow, oh my gosh, that really ministers to me. What the word of God will do is it will kick out the word of Satan. Because remember, the word of Satan does not need permission to occupy your mind. The word of Satan is already in you through your Adamic nature. Your Adamic nature, fallen nature, creates lies about life, and they are based on fear. Then that fear, Satan sends a demon to attach itself to that lie inside you about yourself or God or anything else. He sends a demon, and it attaches itself to you, and it is there speaking to you, working around the circumstances of your life, and trying to bring that fear to pass. Because he knows, Satan knows that he cannot make you do anything because he doesn't have the power. He requires your cooperation to create the substance of that promise lie inside you in order to make it come to pass. When you memorize the word, you are shoving the fears out of that area of your life and you take one area at a time. One area at a time. You say, well, 30 is too many, then do 10. But remember, you're going to probably have 100 to 200 areas. So either way, you're going to end up with the Word of God inside you. You memorize the Word of God. This is step one. You put it in your brain. Understand that anything you memorize will leave your mind within three to five days if it is not repeated over and over again, or if you do not attach it to something practical in your life that you have to use that scripture in that area every single day. Are you with me so far? This is why you do this to your children. You say to your child, you know, you seem to have a problem with your anger. You're throwing a lot of tantrums. We're going to get the word of God and talk about anger. And you're going to memorize scriptures on peace on quietness, on, uh, you know, gentleness and things like that. And then you begin to train your child by teaching them to memorize the Word of God and shove Satan's plan for their life out of their life. If you don't deal with those issues, they were not going to go away. They're just going to get stronger. And then your child will not be reachable by the Holy Spirit. Because Satan will have a stronghold in their life. Just like you have strongholds because you did not have the word of God. Driving out Satan's handprint on that area of your life. You, you guys that are, you know, a little bit crazy. You're not crazy by accident. You're crazy by abuse. 
abuse named neglect made you that way. You are not to blame. You are to be loved out of that tragedy. You're not shy by accident. You're not introverted by accident. You're not perverted by accident. You're not a liar by accident. You're not foolish by accident. You're not lustful by accident. You're not full of perverted desires and ungodly dreams by accident. It's all a matter of this one principle. Whatever you feed grows, whatever you starve dies. Memorizing is how you feed your inner man to give him power to overcome the temptations of life. Give somebody a high five and say, holla, holla. That's what I'm talking about tonight. And there are many, many verses about that. But like I said, if you want the full detailed thing, you have to get it off that. Next is meditation. Meditating on the Word of God. So when you put it in your brain, you, you, you have it in your memory. But once you put it in your brain, you must do something with it right away in order to keep it there as a permanent fixture. So it goes to your brain, and then through meditation, which I'm going to show you how to do that, through meditation, you transfer it from your mind into the subconscious. That's what it's called, but, you know, whatever it's called. You transfer it into your spirit, and then it lives in your spirit and comes up whenever you need it. Praise the Lord. It's just the way that it works. It's very powerful. Like if I look at people right now, all I see is scripture. I see scripture everywhere, 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 on everybody, everybody, scripture, 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 which I could just start prophesying to everybody. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying I'm something unique or anything like that. I'm just saying when the word of God is in your brain and in your spirit, it just starts flowing out of you like a river. And it brings health to you. It makes you healthy. There are no crazy people who meditate on Rhema. Well, let me, let me ask you a question. How many of you think you're honest? Three? Seven people. It's not entrapment or anything. Uh, but honestly, how many of you have ever thought that you were losing your mind? Exactly. And the rest of you are lying. So, it's like everybody. Like everybody. You said, man, I'm losing my mind. I'm, 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 I'm going crazy. When you're deep in the word, that never happens. I say this with the fear of God. I have never had that feeling since I was saved. I had it almost every day when I was not saved. I used to pray, and I remember starting at seven years old, I used to pray this prayer. I was a little Catholic boy, and I was scared of God. And I used to like to kill birds. I, ladies and gentlemen, was a serial killer of birds. <laughs> I was. First, I killed them with a slingshot and then with a BB gun. And every day that I would do it, I would come home and I would look up and I'd say, God, don't kill me till five o'clock tomorrow. 
And that was my prayer till 17 years old when I got saved. I'd stand in front of the clock at five ready to drop dead. One second would pass, I knew I had another day. <laughs> this is the warped ideas that man comes up with when he tries to have a relationship with God without the guidance of the Bible. I actually believe God was going to kill me for killing birds. Now, some of you might, but I'm just saying. One day I shot 21 birds. Yes, black birds and every kind of bird. I mean, mockingbirds, everything. And a, a, little, a little bird was hanging by the wire. And I was like, oh, God, I'm evil. I'm evil. For sure you're going to kill me today. That's the warp relationship I had with God. And I, when I got saved, I got saved by reading 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Not knowing I was reading the Bible, because in my family we did not read the Bible. We were told never to read the Bible. By verse 5, I was saved. Because I knew God was love and I was crazy. You are making a very big mistake trying to live life on this planet without the Bible Amen. guiding your steps. Very unwise to try to be married without this book between you or to be a parent. It's very foolish. It's exactly what Satan wants. You need to get into the Bible. Let's talk about meditation. How many of you know how to worry? Let me see your hands. How many of you know how to worry? Do you know how to worry? How many of you are like, like experts at worrying? You, then you're an expert at meditation. You're already an expert at meditation and don't even know it. What happens when you worry? Fear is faith in Satan's promises. So when you worry, you turn the thoughts and imaginations of what's going to happen bad over and over in your mind. The word meditation in the Hebrew there means to chew the cud. Or a cow that chews, puts it in one of its stomachs, regurgitates it, brings it up and chews on it some more. And that is worry. But in the positive... That's how you meditate on the Word of God. You find a living rhema scripture, an alive verse. It's alive. It's burning. It's on fire. When you read it, your heart is on fire. It answers questions. It gives you solutions. It gives you guidance. It's burning in there. You're just on fire about it. And you take that and then... You begin to imagine all the amazing things that are going to happen when that verse comes to pass in your life, in the life of your children, in the life of your business, in the life of everything. You actually begin to just meditate on it. And then you journal. This is the, another way to have a relationship with the Bible is you journal what you meditate on. I got a journal for you right there. Praise the Lord. You just take that verse and you start journaling and writing what God is telling you. Your writing will be human at first. 
Then the Holy Spirit will touch your writing and your writing will become prophetic. You will literally begin to prophesy while you're writing to yourself from the Holy Spirit. And you will have pages of prophetic words that God gives you for yourself. If you are a lazy man and a lazy woman, you're not going to do what I'm saying. And you're never going to amount to anything in this life. Don't hate me for telling you the truth. Praise the Lord. Look at three people and say, don't hate Ivan. That's right. Don't hate me. But you're not going to do anything. You're not going to achieve anything. And whatever you do achieve, it's going to be just for you. It's going to be all about you and all about you and your family. That's all it's going to be. And you're not on this earth for just you. And you're not on this earth for just your family. You're here to get people out of hell into heaven. You're here to get people that are sick healed and people that are lost found. And that comes when you have the guidance and power of the Word of God in your life. Praise the Lord. And remember, it's Satan's job to train you in being offended. He wants you to get offended at preachers like a little spoiled brat would. That's what he wants. He wants you to find fault with preachers because the way to silence uh, God is to walk away from him. But understand that when you silence the Bible and only read the parts you like, then you're only eating pieces of Jesus but the pieces of Jesus you actually need are the pieces you don't like. Praise the Lord. For example, if I say, oh, tithing is so great. And you oh boy, here we go again. Because that's a piece of Jesus you actually need to heal your finances and make you generous and deliver you from the love of money. Because God doesn't need you, He doesn't need you to give him money because he needs it. God doesn't need you, your money. He wants you to tithe because he wants you not to need your money. So that he can give you more money to bless people with. Well, you only find that in the word of God. So you memorize it, you meditate it on it, think about it. Everybody say, think about it. And you journal it. Then, 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show yourself approved, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You need to learn to study the Bible. Now, in that series I'm talking about, I have a whole tape with the 12 ways to study the word of God. You will become masters at dissecting the Bible. And it's all right there. Studying the Bible. It's very important that you teach your children how to study the Word of God for themselves in a way that applies to them so that your children begin to share their revelation with you. You don't want your children addicted to video games because you're too lazy to spend time with them. And then you're sending your children, in some cases, far away from God. Because you're addicted to your TV and they're addicted to their TV. And everybody's addicted and God is nowhere to be found. 
I, I didn't feel the love on that, so I'm going over here to talk to myself. Praise God. Wow, that was great, Ivan. My God, how do you said that? You're freaking the people out. And, oh, my gosh. Praise the Lord. Jeremiah 15, 16, I found your word and ate it, and it became for me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. You have to eat the word of God regularly. Turn to somebody and say, I need to eat the word of God. Next, you need to share the word of God. You need to share the word of God with someone. Three things you have to keep active in your life so that you are strong and powerful. One, you need to have people in your life that know more than you do and that feed you. Two, you need to have people in your life that are equal with you and they're your peers and you can mutually share the word of God. And then three, you need to have people in your life that know less than you do that you are teaching. Keep those three things active in your life and you'll never lack the anointing and blessings of Almighty God in your life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Would you look at someone right now, put your hand on them and say, God is going to prosper you. God is going to pay your bills off. God is going to get you out of debt. God is going to deliver you and set you free and put you in a very large place where you have freedom, where you're influential, where you're important. God is going to celebrate you and anoint you and give you a ministry and help you help people. God is going to give you wisdom, divine intelligence, peace at night, Peace in your sleep. You will have lots of money and give away lots of money and have joy every day. Demons will stay away from your house and stay away from your children. There'll be no division in your family and no divorces will come into your family. Nobody will be addicted to pornography or commit adultery, or fornication, or any form of perversion. Nobody will be a drug addict, a cocaine addict, a heroin addict, a reefer addict, or any kind of new drugs that they may come up with. Your house will have the presence of God and the power of God and the glory of God, and the name of Jesus, and the victory of Jesus, and the breakthroughs of Jesus, and the anointings of Jesus, and the happiness of Jesus, and the health of heaven. Your home shall be healthy, and everybody that's divided in the family will all be healed and reunited, and everybody will love God. Everybody that owes you money shall pay you back seven times more than what they stole from you, borrowed from you, or took from you. Your house will be paid off. Your cars will be paid off. And you will have a sense of destiny. Every day when you wake up, you will lift your hands and bless the name of the Lord. You will praise his holy name 
and exalt him and magnify him and give him glory every day. Somebody shout a little bit and say, praise God. Somebody shout a little bit. Just like you study your, your job, just like you study your job, you have to study the Word of God. You have to become a Bible scholar. For every area of ignorance, there is a predator assigned to you. Wherever you are ignorant, there's a predator already standing there chewing on you. He's chewing on you right now. He's taking pieces of your soul, pieces of your brain, pieces of your heart out of you. They're eating on you. That's why you need to get the knowledge of God. Because once you have knowledge, the Bible says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So you fill yourself in all the areas of defeat and failure with God's word. I have to end there, though there are many more, but I have to end there. And I want everybody to understand that this is a new beginning for a lot of you. You are living in a time of a famine of God's Word. People are not reading their Bibles anymore. Uh, they're not studying the Bible. They're not teaching it to their children. They're not reading it in their homes they're not listening to it on, uh, while they go to bed. They're not waking up to the Word of God. Many other things have invaded the Christian home. Many other things. And in many Christian homes, you can find witchcraft, books on the occult, and understand that if there's any occult in your home, there's a curse on your house. You have got to remove every occult thing out of that house. Every movie every book, everything. It's my suggestion after 46 years of doing this. You can take it or leave it. But I'm telling you, Jesus wants to come back and he doesn't want to visit you anymore. He wants to move in. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands and say, Jesus, move into my house. Say it out loud. Dear God, move into my house and never move out of my house. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, praise God. Put your hand on somebody and say, you are looking so thin. Praise God. Put on my music back there, Benedictus, if you would. I think there's one that's called Benedictus. Put that one on. Close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to think about what your life is like. Because remember, the content cannot be desperate. And desperation is the breeding ground for miracles. Wherever you are not desperate, you will be defeated. Desperation must be kept alive. Holy desperation. It means this burning desire for more of God in your life. <clears throat> so I want you to think of that is this tonight this week a turning point for you and your family <clears throat>
Is this a turning point for you and your family? That's a very important question. Praise the Lord. What I feel like doing tonight is getting the devil out of everything. <coughs> Praise the Lord. The devil leaves whenever you repent. He leaves. The devil cannot stay where you repent. He must evacuate any area where you repent. Praise the Lord. Your eyes are closed now. And let's begin. <coughs> Remember, if you conceal it, God cannot heal it. If you conceal it, God cannot heal it. Praise the Lord. The first thing we want to do is just repent. For any sin in your life, or anything in your life that you are addicted to. And you say, God, <coughs> I do not want to be addicted to anything but you and your word. This is your chance to be set free and delivered. If you're ready to repent for any addiction, and nobody's looking, any addiction, I just want you to raise your hand high enough for me to see. And God is about to set you free. Remember that repentance is the fruit of desperation. It's when someone says, I've had enough and I want to change. I'm not going to call you forward, but I want you to stand for a minute right where you're at. And let's repent. Praise the Lord. Any addiction, I'm not even going to name them. It could be food all the way to pornography or some other things. It doesn't matter. This is between you and God. Say the words with me. It is quick and it is simple. I turn around and go in the opposite direction of these addictions. I repent, God. And now I will follow you all the days of my life for the rest of my life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now you may be seated. Now I want to speak to those of you that should have stood up, that didn't stand up. Praise the Lord. You know you have an addiction and you didn't stand up. So I'm going to give you a chance to repent. Praise God, because God loves you. Public repentance honors God. And it allows the Holy Spirit to attach itself to your situation. Every eye is closed. Those of you that should have stood up, but you didn't stand up, would you raise your hands right now and let me see your hands? I see your hands going up everywhere. And God is watching and he is going to bless you. Lots of people. Let's go ahead and stand up. And I'm going to pray for you. This is the second group. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands up to God. Lots of you. And say, dear Jesus, help me hate my addiction. 
Give me a love for your word and a hate for addictions. I repent for them and give you this area of my life and ask you to, ask you to take control. It's as simple as that. I will dwell in your word. And because of your word in me, you will cleanse me. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Every eye closed for a minute. We're doing it a little bit different tonight, but let me just flow, okay? Let me just flow. Every eye is closed, and I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost for one moment. This is really important. Really important. If you're here tonight and you have a chronic disease that could kill you if you do not get healed, I want you to stand up. We're going to pray for you. And we're going to ask God to remove that from your body. Stand to your feet if that's you. We're going to pray for you. And just remain standing. A chronic disease that if you don't get healed, that thing could kill you. But we are people of faith with gifts of healing. Praise the Lord. What I'm seeing right now as more people are standing, remember if you, if you conceal it, God cannot heal it. If you reveal it, then God heals it. Praise the Lord. So as I look out there, I'm seeing three people, four people, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 people, 16, 17 people because more people are standing as I'm speaking. So if you're near the people standing, Touch them. Just touch them. And let's say the prayer together. In the name of Jesus, we curse your disease as an intruder in your body, as a trespasser in your physical organs, in your blood, heart, kidneys, liver, any organ of your body any area of your body and we gather to curse it in the name of Jesus of Nazareth we curse it by the power of Jesus Christ and declare his healing power over that area in the name of Jesus amen now all of you remain standing and lift your hands those of you getting prayer lift your hands all of you that got prayer, lift your hands. And let me say these words over you. 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes you have been healed. Isaiah 53.5, he was wounded for your transgressions, bruised for your iniquities, and the chastisement of your peace was upon him. Malachi 4.2, the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. Psalm 107, 20. The Lord sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all of their sicknesses and oppressions. Acts 10, 38. Jesus went around doing good and healing all those that were sick and delivering all those that were oppressed 
of the devil. Isaiah 58 and verse 11. The Lord will make you like a watered garden and make your bones healthy and fat with marrow. And your soul shall not be scorched by the sun or by the pressures of life. You shall have a living river coming out of you every single day. Everybody say this together. Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that curses you shall be stopped, paralyzed, and destroyed in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jeremiah 30, verse 17. Keep your hands up. I, the Lord, will restore health to you, heal you of your wounds, and give you your peace back. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Turn to somebody and say, I believe in the Word of God. I believe in the promises of God. Now let's keep going. Let's keep going. Listen to me on this. Everybody close your eyes. For privacy's sake, not as a religious act. Just for privacy. I want you to stand up. If you have a long-standing division in your family with someone that you are related to. And we're going to ask God for a miracle. Praise the Lord. A miracle. A literal miracle of God. And I am asking you, Lord, as your son, as your child, to answer this prayer by December. I'm asking you to do it as my Lord and my Father. I know you want to do it, Lord. And whatever it takes, would you heal those things? Would you heal those things in these families? Everybody lift your hands and cry out to God. If you, now listen to my words, if you, Believe you are the source of the problem. Just repent right there. If you believe that you're part of the source, just repent right there. If you believe it's none of your problem and all their problem, forgive right there. And let's just receive a miracle right now. Let it come in like a wave. Let it come in like a wave. Jeremiah 33, 3. You will call upon me, and I will do great miracles and show you many signs and wonders that you have never seen before. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. Your eyes have not seen, ear has not heard what has entered into the heart of man and God. What God has prepared for those that love him. Get ready. I curse the spirit of witchcraft and division 
and the spirit of offense. I curse those now and send love and send peace and send healing and send unity. For only the Lord can do it. Let your heart be free of any unforgiveness right now. Say it out loud. I forgive. I forgive everybody. In the name of Jesus, Lord. Heal my family. Save those members that are lost. Do it quickly so that I can see it. I want to have an intimate, close friendship with certain people, God. Others I just forgive, and I can meet in heaven. But I want the breach to be healed in the name of Jesus. Now, everybody, lift your hands and say, I forgive myself. I forgive them. And I now remove the obstacles for this miracle happening in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's do one last thing. Everybody sit down. This is one last thing. I want to do this. I'm going to believe God. One last thing. And that is, do you have faith that God could remove your debt completely? All of it. Dead off your own personal life and dead off your business. Do you believe he can do it? Do you believe God can send millions and millions and millions of dollars tonight to people? That whatever is necessary. Who has the faith tonight to believe that God can pay your house off? We're approaching over 200 houses paid off from miracle prayers. I'm asking your house to be one of them. And if you don't have a house, I'm asking you, I'm asking God to give you a paid house. Somebody to just give you a house. Remember that God is impressed with outrageous belief. You have to have a life that only he can be blamed for. And that means outrageous miracles that you, through your own devices, cannot achieve. This is not the layaway plan. This is the instant miracle. Bam, the whole thing is paid off by an intervention of God in your life. If you have unbelief, then you'll stay right where you are. But if you dare to believe that it can happen, then we're just going to believe God right now. All your debt, even if it's your fault that you have the debt, even if it's your fault, even if it's your fault, and you don't deserve it, you don't deserve it. But then again, this is a grace God. This is a mercy God. This is a, a forgive. I love God. That's what he does. You don't have to deserve it. It's like my children don't get gifts on Christmas because they're good or because they're bad. They get it because they're my children. And I'm going to bless them whether they're good or bad although I have perfect children, but whether they're good or bad, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them that anyway because it's love-based, not performance-based. We're asking for a miracle. Praise the Lord. So first, I kill all the bad seeds you have sown. I kill them. I kill them and command them to dry up. And now I release whatever amount of money you need, listen to my words, 
to pay off all your debts and then have enough money to pay off the debts of people whose money you have borrowed and never paid back. That you'll have enough to pay them by a surprise, even if they've forgiven you. Even if they said, okay, we forgive, you don't have to do it. But you want to do it because righteous people want to do it. It's the way a righteous people person is. They don't just accept that. So thank you so much. But they're always going to pay it back. And they want to pay it back in abundance. Praise the Lord. That's a good heart. That's not a greedy heart. That's a good heart. So now lift your hands. Softly under your breath. Tell God how much money you need to get out of debt. And how much money you need to do the things that are in your heart to do. Lord, as they're praying, I now ask you to open the windows of heaven and let it rain down on them literally buckets and buckets and buckets of finances and provision and resources. Some of you will get land before December given to you. Some of you will get homes given to you. Some of you will have many thousands of dollars given in an inheritance that you do not know is coming, but is already being prepared, and you don't even know that you're going to get that. Some of you will be forgiven debt, and they will just wipe it out. You won't even know how it happened. You're just going to know you don't owe it anymore. And then I pray one last prayer. May it never be possible for you to do what you did wrong again because your heart has been circumcised to get in the Word and only do what God tells you to do. Amen. Praise the Lord. Everybody lift your hands and say hallelujah. hallelujah. Sit down and hug somebody and say, I love church. One last thing. One last thing. Hug somebody, would you? And let's close our eyes, put on up that music. The greatest miracle of all, if you will pray right now, just close your eyes, pray for people. The greatest miracle of all is for people to know that if they die, they're going to go to heaven. That's the greatest miracle. If people know, if I die, I'm going to go to heaven. I have no doubt about it. For, for you to be able to say that is a great miracle. But not everybody here tonight can say that. Some of you are not sure that you're going, going to go to heaven. I mean, you want to. Because all intelligent people want to go to heaven. Nobody wants to go to hell. Well, that's not actually true. Some people do want to go to hell. It's crazy, but that's the way it is. But if you're intelligent, then you don't want to go to hell. You want to go to heaven. And you certainly want your children to go to heaven. And you want to spend eternity with the people you love. Praise the Lord. So pray now. And let me ask this question. If you're here and you're not 100% sure you're going to go to heaven when you die, but you want to go to heaven, and you say, God, I, I, I would really like to have that assurance, peace in my heart, that if I died, I'd go to heaven. I really want to have that. 
but you don't. You don't have that. And you're being ruthlessly honest. No matter what anybody else will think, you're being ruthlessly honest and say, no, I am not 100% sure. Because God wants you to be, and he will make it happen. But if that's you, and you say, Ivan, I do want that. All I want you to do right where you're sitting, this is all I'm going to ask you to do, is lift your hand high enough for me to see, and then I'm going to pray for you right now, and God is going to do this miracle. Look at all those hands going up right now. Everywhere, 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 everywhere. People are lifting their hands right now and making divine, intelligent decisions for their future. Stretch them out. That's right. Stretch them out there where God can see it. Now, with your hands stretched out, stand up right there where you're at and let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. All of you that lifted up your hands, I want you to say this prayer with me. Anyone who is not sure you're going to heaven when you die should stand up right now with this group. This is God's invitation to you. God's invitation to you. Now let's all pray together with them. Say it like this. Dear God in heaven, I want to go to heaven and I don't want to have any doubts about it. So I need you to give me peace in my mind and in my heart. I renounce Satan. I renounce the devil. I renounce the world. I ask you to live in my heart, to never go away, to cleanse me in the blood of Jesus. I'll follow you till I die. You'll be my Lord and Savior. I'll obey your commands and your wishes for my life. Wash me right now and purify me from all my sins. I forgive everybody that's ever hurt me, and I forgive myself. Now I say with my mouth, I'm forgiven, I'm clean, I'm no longer guilty, and I'm going to heaven. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now I want all of you to get out of your seat, all of you that are standing up. Get out of your seat and walk around one time around the church, and I want you to give them a hand as they walk around. Come on, walk around. Walk around. Walk around. Give them a hand right now. Say, in the name of Jesus. Walk around right now. One time around the church. Say, I'm going to heaven and the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Praise God. Wow, what a great, what a great week we've had. What a great week we've had. Next April when I come, I'm bringing my wife. You're going to like her. And, uh, and then we'll be in the big building. I may come before that because I just can't stand it. But it's so cool. That is so cool, that building. Do the best you can for that uh, because... God was going to pay that off miraculously. People that don't even go to the church are going to write large, large checks to that building. People from other states, from other places. 
Unsaved people are going to do it. People that aren't even saved. They're going to just write checks. They won't even know why they're doing it. But the Holy Spirit was just going to tell them, and they're going to, i got to write them a million-dollar check. Boom. You watch. Watch as pastor announces it. What God has done. <coughs> if you are buying the product, I'll be in the table and I'll give you a prophetic word in the book you buy. Uh, this allows me to minister to people and it motivates people to buy more books. Okay. So, there you go. So, the offering that pastor will take up is for food for our orphans. Praise God. For July, I believe the month of July already. Uh, and that's 13,000 meals. So $1 per meal. So whatever you guys want to do in buying meals, I thank you ahead of time for doing that. Praise the Lord. Do whatever you want to do or do nothing. But those of you that do give, thank you so much. And I appreciate it. And I've had a wonderful time. I have felt the tangible presence of God in all of our meetings. It's been spectacularly beautiful. Give a hand to your pastor as he comes up. Oh, come on. Thank you, Lord. Wonderful ushers, did you help us? Praise God. Four different ways to give once again. There it is. Sure love you, Brother Ivan. Looking forward to this coming weekend. exciting things happening. All of our leaders, current leaders, and those who are becoming leaders, we have a seasonal rally to remind you. Many of you know already. It's on Saturday morning. Isn't that right, Pastor Karen? Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Thank you. I was looking for a line. Appreciate that. I'll be back in the pulpit Sunday morning. Sunday night, can't hardly wait. Are you all ready? Say aye. All right, let's, let's receive this for the glory of God. Father, thank you for the generosity of your people. And even as we give, as we sow, fulfilling even true religion, helping orphans and widows, it's one of the unique times we get to do that. God, and we with joy ask you to use this seed and multiply it a hundredfold in Jesus' name, the gift as well as to the giver. God, thank you. We receive all of these precious promises that were spoken over us, and we bless what matters ministry, Ivan Tate, his wife, his children, the orphanage in Guatemala, in Africa all their efforts. Use them mightily, God, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, go ahead. Our God is greater than all things, greater than all things, greater 
Sunday morning, 11 a.m., 1 p.m., Sunday night at 6. We love you. God is good. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.